As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back to Little Cuts, your art. <laughs> and welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly minisode where we dig into the things that we've been watching, I believe, recently. I'm Tim. And I'm Mary Beth. This week we are talking about Far of Planets, New Orleans Makeovers, Murderous Poppers, A Spanish Giallo, The Grandfather of Found Footage, and Creepy Boys Named Bob. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. love all of that for you yeah same i I know this isn't one that you're talking about but i did see on twitter that you finally saw iss wasn't that intense yes oh my god sorry my eyes are like aggressively itching all of a sudden but yes it definitely was i was surprised that not as many people liked it i definitely like can understand i know it's like a little slow in parts but it's not bad i really i thought it was quite well done for only 13 million dollar budget too you know what i mean like right yeah so i i i was glad to see it i know i was reading looking at reviews and i was like i don't agree (laughs) i was so i was so happy like when i when i originally saw it oh hey pepperina pepperina just joined chat yeah i i was like really excited when i saw it back at tribeca and then i've seen the reviews coming out recently i was like what i know (laughs) i was surprised at some of the it's a bummer the reviews coming out of it yeah but the reason why I was thinking about that is Far Off Planets. So I do want... What, what is this? I want to hear. Okay. So Far Off Planets. This is the HBO Max slash Max streaming series Scavenger's Reign, which came out on okay. the streamer in November, October of last year. And I didn't know about it and that steve kind of had brought it up like hey like this is this really cool um animated show on max let's check it out and i said yeah why not it is like one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen so why do i know about this one i literally in my search bar it was um a history that i have been looking at this so why was i looking at this i don't know Sorry. I don't know, but it's this like beautiful show basically. And it's like very kind of bare bones in its plot at first. It's a, there's it's like three separate storylines of these because they're all crew member, like a splintered off crew from a scavenger ship that crashed on a nearby planet called the Demeter. And a lot of the crew didn't make it. And those that did kind of were scattered off across the planet. And so it's looking at three of the people that survived and their stories of trying to survive on the planet and find a way home. And this is a planet that is nothing like our own. And it's incredible to watch this because you can tell that the animators had so much fun just making up the weirdest creatures you've ever heard of. Like, just absolutely incredible animation. Um, If anyone has ever read... Oh, I'm trying to think of a comic. C. 
Steve said it's like Last Man, which is a French comic. It's just like it's got this very okay. like mm-hmm. kind of interesting. It's very colorful, but it's muted. A lot of muted pastels, and it's also just like it's incredible late night watching is how I'll put it. Like it's very good. Like get a little stoned and like get really into it. It looks. A it's trippy it's trippy. Yeah, it's trippy and it's like kind of. It's very vibey. It's not calm because it's definitely very gory and there's a lot of body horror, but it's also not like incredibly action packed. So it's this weird kind of mix of like sci-fi horror, but also like tranquility. Um, It's very strange, but I really dig the vibe. It's 12 episodes. We've watched six of them and they're 24 minutes, like 20, like a, you know, a TV half hour. And it's just, like, absolutely gorgeous. Um, Aaliyah Shakat, Shaket is the voice of a robot, um, which is really cool. And, yeah, the, the show just goes to, like, absolutely bizarre places. You have no idea what's going to happen next to anyone at all um, and what horrific thing they're going to run into next. And... There's some body horror. Oh, yeah. It, right? Like, Annihilation-type shit. Like... Think of Annihilation, but, like, it took over the whole planet, kind of. If, like, you want sort of a cop to it. Um, There's something that involves, like, an alien mind-controlling someone and feeding them black goo and having it kill for him. It's, like, all all just, like, very strange, but it's really good. Um, So you want to watch something, like, kind of weird late at night. This was based on an Adult Swim animated short, which, like, should probably tell you everything you need to know. Really? Yeah, very Adult okay. Swim vibes, like, but made into a really cool, weird sci-fi show that just looks like a lot of animators having a lot of fun making kooky, weird little creatures. And, like, see what I call it, like, the show of little guys, because there's just a lot of cute little guys, but who also are very dangerous. You're like, oh, he's so cute! And then he, like, reveals himself to be, like, an incredible, incredibly dangerous being. It's very good. It look like the animation looks stunning, and I don't know why I was looking it up. Someone told me about it, or I read about it somewhere. I don't know, but it, it's so weird that I was like, "That that sounds so familiar to me," but I haven't seen it. And then I was like, "Why is it on IMDb?" Like in my search bar. So I'm glad to hear it's good. I've been meaning to watch it. Apparently, <laughs> absolutely, highly recommend watching it. Um, it's just like an incredible experience. So, yeah. New Orleans makeovers? Uh, so, I had wanted to talk about this last week, but I didn't get the screeners until late. And so, I didn't have enough time to to view it. Uh, but it is it is out now. The new season of um, Queer Eye oh. is out as of... Well, as of Wednesday. So, by the time this episode airs, it will be out for people to watch and enjoy. I have to say, might be my favorite season of the really? show. Yes. Um, it's been kind of hit or miss the last few years. I think I think the pandemic, post-pandemic, and, and during the pandemic and everything, it kind of lost its luster for me a little bit. And this season is like a return to form in a, in ways that made me remind, reminded myself of why I initially got in, hooked onto this show. Um, and I think it's because... There, I, I, I think it's sad because Bobby is leaving. This is like his last season. And I have heard like rumors through like social media that there have been like 
bickering and issues with with oh yeah um the queer eye people so i don't know and i don't know how much true that is or if that's just speculation but i know this is bobby's last season and it's really i'm really kind of sad about that because on screen these guys have so much chemistry together and this is the first season where like i was like oh karamo actually has a purpose karamo is the for those who haven't watched the show he's sort of the the culture guy that kind of does the he chats with people but like this season i feel like the things that he is doing for these they call them heroes the the people that they're makeover makeovering is actually like helpful trying to get them out of their shell or trying to get them to embrace life in ways that they maybe not have not done in the past and i think his role is actually like for the first time for me an important addition to what they're doing and so if you're i mean if you've never seen queer eye it's just five five queer people go out and and help do basically a makeover for people make over their house make over their lives try to get them fashion different fashion different um, hairstyles or makeup and try to make them into um, a more well-rounded person to kind of go out into the world and get their mojo back in a lot of ways and the people this year are great there is um, a deaf teacher who is uh, who runs a football program at, at a high school uh, and that was really, really good to see. Uh, there was, there's um, a clarinetist who performs on like streets and has performed for like um, presidents and is really talented. Following her and her new career path it, as she is like getting into um, mid to older age. And I, I think the heroes this year are just, just wonderful people that I was like, this is really good. And this is why I initially started watching the show. So if you're a fan that kind of fell off, I do think this is the best season that, I, that I've seen of it in a long time. I've seen all the episodes. Um, and I, I really wish I could have talked about it last week, but it is all out there for everyone to view now. And I highly recommend Okay. It. Yeah. I haven't really kept up with Queer Eye for a while. It kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Um, yeah. I same it just felt a little bit like the whole like toxic positivity and i don't know it just like the yeah it got a little old so i'm glad to hear it's getting back though to like its roots because i loved the first couple of seasons like i definitely loved what they were trying to do and the goals with it but it kind of fell off being a little bit gimmicky you know what i mean i'm like okay and it kind of felt like they were just sort of going through the motions in some of the seasons but like this for whatever reason, and this is their second season in New Orleans because they did last season in New Orleans too, and I didn't really care for that one. But this one, actually doing really good and reminded me again why I fell in love with the show in the first place. And it's sad because Bobby's leaving and I don't know what they're going to do next. But if this is the last season, they're going out on a bang. Good. good. Well, that's, I mean, hey, at least so. that's happening, you know? <laughs> Keeping the gays, but going murderous? I want to hear about murderous popper. Okay. How do I describe this movie? So, <laughs> I got this link in my email about a queer horror film that, you know, was coming to, like, select theaters, and it was made and it was made by uh, Todd Farrell, who is a pretty, like, pretty big pioneer in the queer, the queer cinema space. Like, he made... He's made a lot of like very gay, like low, like low budget movies, including one about a gay serial killer that also stars Parker Posey. Um, 
So this is his latest film, um, You Can't Stay Here, starring Guillermo Diaz, uh, who was in like mm-hmm. Scandal and things like that. And I was really curious because it was it's like a cru- it's a cruising esque erotic thriller where this guy is a photographer and he is very he was closeted and his wife caught him with a man and he is now going through a divorce with his wife. It's rather amicable. It's like rather amiable, but like you know, he also was taking care of his sick mother who was de- on the decline, and he's trying to make it as a photographer. And does it takes a lot of his photos in Central Park of men who are cruising. A lot of his subject, like he does a lot of watching through his camera and taking basically like documenting the cruising culture in New York City, but that also he himself is cruising as well. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of gay sex. Thumbs up. Um, a lot of like looks at, looking at cruising and kind of like the da- and this also is like the danger of it because at one point he sees someone kill uh, another man in the park and he becomes like linked with this guy and it just kind of descends into this nightmarish portrait of a guy who is very who's like both closeted and is closeted and open and is ashamed of himself and not and is like going through all of these emotions and trying to exist as a gay man in the 90s in new york and i murderous poppers as part of my description because this killer this like gay serial killer uses a special kind of popper to knock out his victims and basically like drugs them into not being able to move while he kills them which, look, I have never seen poppers used like this. So, like, this movie is just, like, very queer in that, like, it's it's not afraid to talk about jerking off, about sex, public sex, sex in bathrooms. It's just, like, incredibly gay and not tabooing or shaming anything. And it's very low budget. Some of the acting is, like, eh. But... It's, it feels dangerous in a, in a really interesting way, in a way that, like, a lot of movies aren't afraid to feel. And I really appreciated how gay it is and how it has Guillermo Diaz doing a lot of really gay things in this movie and being just very queer and not ever trying to hide from the queerness and also portraying, like, weird, bad, gross, chaotic queer characters and gay characters. And I... It's the kind of cinema that, like, it's the kind of cinema you think when you think of, like, nuclear cinema. Just, like, kind of grimy, low-budget, DIY vibes, but, like, really talking about something interesting. And, yeah, it's not done perfectly, but it's not afraid to, like, get messy. And I love that about it. And it's that kind of queer, like, it's, like, that kind of guerrilla queer cinema that we so desperately need in this world, especially in a world that's becoming so much more like puritanical and like sex is gross and we shouldn't be portraying gay, like gayness and everything. And this movie's just a big little finger to that. Um, and I like really appreciate, appreciate it. It's not going to be everyone's taste because it is like lower budget. And I know people are like kind of rude, can be kind of rude or like not even rude, but it's a little bit distracting, but I don't think it's that bad. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on, especially with such limited budgets in terms of like the editing and some of the technical accomplishments that are going on in it. And this was set during the nineties, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's set during the nineties, but like, it's very, 
it's not as explicit about it in the movie itself. Like, they say that in the description, but, like, in the movie, like, because they don't really say, they mention AIDS very briefly, but that's not really, like, a big discussion. There's a lot of stuff going on, like, kind of in the subtext of the movie, which I, again, I appreciate. It's not trying to be like, okay, cool. So being gay was all of these things in the nineties and we're going to make it all about having AIDS and being gay. No, it's about really interrogating the seedy side of crew. Like, I mean, cruising, I guess is kind of seedy, but like really looking at cruising as someone who is cruising and who is actually queer. And it's, I've actually never seen cruising, like the movie cruising. I've never actually seen it. Um, I've never either. I know I should. But this, I feel like, is, like, Same. what cruising... Yeah, you probably... You probably should see it. But this is, like, try, This is like what cruising could have been if a queer person was given the resources to make it. Gotcha. It's it's interesting, because um, I didn't... Because, you know, you, you were talking about Todd Vero, and I was like, I, I don't... I'm not familiar with this man, but it turns out that one of his movies in the 90s was one that I had snuck. Oh, really? When I was still very closeted. No way! And, uh, yeah, and I didn't know, I, that time I didn't even, I hadn't even thought about this movie until I was looking out on an IMDb, like, what has he done? Have I seen anything that he's done? And he did a movie that came out, I think, in 1996, which I would have been 15 at the time when it came out, so I probably saw it maybe a few years later, but it was called Frisk. Yeah! And it was about... A gay serial yeah! And uh, that was one of the movies. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember that this was one that I had rented on the sly when I, I think it might have been at college and and watched it when I was dabbling, very closeted, but dabbling in, in queer cinema. So wild. <laughs> just It just took me back. That's, that is nuts because... Um... Yeah, that was, I think, I think that one, that's the one I think that Parker Posey is in. And that is, I think, his most, one of his most well-known movies. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird. But yeah, like, he's been Weird. around making queer cinema for a long time. And so I was like, I actually haven't yeah. really seen anything. Like I it's... should watch this because, again, I just, as, as most of people know on this podcast, we love queer cinema and want to try to champion it whenever we can i know it's weird weird but surprise so yeah it looks like he's his first video came out at v for violet in the yeah so dude's been producing making movies for a long time so it doesn't have i I don't think it has vod release yet but we'll keep you updated because I think it's definitely going to be one of those movies that, like, a lot of people who, like, kind of culty queer cinema are going to vibe with. Hell yeah. E. So that is, um, you can't stay here. Uh, going from murderous poppers to a Spanish giallo. So this, this was brought to my attention from Carter Smith, the director Carter Smith, um, because I had earlier this, this month, I had said that I really, that, you know, it's January giallo and I really wanted to watch some that I had not seen before. And then life happened and I've been really bad at keeping up with that. So I'm probably going to keep watching Giallo into February because I'm, I'm hooked on this bandwagon right now. And this one is called No One Heard the Scream. And Incredible title. Incredible title. Fantastic. Fantastic title. And it is – so one of the joys – I just want to say that one of the joys of being a physical collector 
but like just buying things sight unseen is that you don't realize that you own three movies, <laughs> no, five movies from this director. watching them it's my favorite activity <laughs> but i have the cannibal cannibal man which is also directed by eloy de la Ooh, incredible cover i have he did right isn't that great and i am definitely going to be watching this and then i also so he was also he made these movies that um i believe they're called they're pronounced kinky or kinky and they were um movies that were about juvenile delinquents kind of in the 80s he is gay He's a gay director, and these are apparently very either homoerotic or are outward, outwardly queer. He also did one that? that I don't know where Where'd I have it, but the oh, this was um this was from Severn. This was a Seven release that came out last year, um, and then he also did one that is a movie called Pals, which is being that was released by vinegar syndrome it has a very evocative cover of just a man's nipple and says pals <laughs> so i have them i've never watched them but now i'm definitely going to because no one heard the scream is about a high class escort who um goes to london and she sort of has like a sugar daddy that that has paid for her apartment and gives her money and she goes for one weekend a month to london to be is is his pal for the weekend and his pal <laughs> there's one weekend <laughs> right. his pal. there's one weekend <laughs> he gives her like a an airplane ticket uh every month and she comes back and and spends the weekend with him and then she gets her apartment and stuff and one weekend she's like on the way to the airport and she's like you know what i don't really want to go so she cancels her her plans goes back home and she yeah, exactly. And she lives in in this building. I get the feeling that it's a new a newer building, and there's not a lot of people there. And um, and it's made of offices. So she, it's basically her there, and like the a uh, uh, deaf, um, not deaf, but um, very hard of hearing concierge. And then she goes upstairs to her room, calls the dude, and says, "Hey." Uh, we're we're ending this. <laughs> She's like, I'm kind of done, and then she hears a commotion and she sees her next door neighbor tossing his wife's body down an elevator shaft. He catches her catching him, and it starts off as like this cat and mouse game where he is. It, they're literally the only two in this apartment building, and he is trying to get into her to talk to her, and she's like, dude stay the fuck away hit her phone's not working he cuts the he cuts the cords uh doesn't allow her to contact anyone gets inside and basically tells her i don't want to kill you so what we're going to do instead is you are going to be an accomplice and you're going to help me get rid of this body and you're going to help me do all of this stuff so that you won't go to the police i don't have to kill you and we can just be done and so that's the setup <sighs> of this initial Jesus. Story. And it goes from there to some very twisted romance type thing. And I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, I don't understand 
why this is classified as a as a giallo because it does not have the hallmarks that I'm used to seeing initially in an Italian giallo film. But by the end of the movie, it has a corker of an ending. The ending of this movie is a real fucking corker. I gasped at at what happens at the very end, and it makes me re and it makes you kind of relook at what's happening in the film in a way. And I was like, oh. This is totally a giallo, huh. but it's one of those that holds it. It holds its cards very close to its chest until that final act. And it's a little, it's a little iffy in spots. I do think there is some, there's some pacing issues as we get towards the, like the midpoint to the third act is a little, eh, not so great, but overall, I really enjoyed this. It has a lot of homoeroticism in it. It's wild. This was a wild movie. I believe it's streaming on Shutter okay. right now. It's also on like AMC Plus. Um, there's a Severin release of this one as well that I really I I desperately want to to buy. This movie was great. It was a, such a surprise, and I'm so glad that Carter Smith sort of pushed it in my direction because I am now obsessed with uh, Eloy de la Iglesia, and I want to watch all. Yeah, of Yeah, you've got me like super interested in this now. Huh. Okay. I have never heard yeah. of it. I, just, I already it was, have the was... uh, Quinn Key collection pulled up because I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So, um, the, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to to watch the, the King Key collection. It's three movies. Um, I'm very excited to watch The Cannibal, Cannibal Man and, and Pals. And I want to try to seek out everything that he's doing because this man was gay, gay. Right, making the I think the important other important thing to note is that no one heard you scre- heard the scream was being produced during the Franco um, movement in mm. Spain, and so like there was a lot of working around censorship issues of trying to be political. This movie is darkly funny too. There is a really hilarious moment in this movie, and it just seeing all of the stuff come together and seeing what he has to operate in as a gay man making provocative cinema at a time when like censors were very big um in spain censorship was very big in spain great so highly recommend this movie okay loved it all right well a new thing to become obsessed with yeah cool that sounds awesome uh 1973 wow all right let's uh let's go to another i'm guessing older film i want to hear about the grandfather of found footage yeah so a little bit of context here. So I, in an attempt to like make some kind of dent, yeah, Twitch. Who is Twitch? I don't. I don't think Twitch has ever been in here before. By the way, Twitch, you did in fact guess it correctly. Uh, but let me preface this. So I was wondering. So I, in an attempt to like make a dent in my watch list, I made a, bu- a bucket list of twenty twenty four movie of movies in twenty twenty four. I want to watch. All kinds of years, genres, whatever. And it's just like, I went through my watch list and just picked what I think kind of what I really want to watch this year, theming it around my own movie, things I really want, like I really need to see, etc. And the first one was Cannibal Holocaust. (laughs) Um, Because I have never seen it. And I know I needed to see it for a plethora of reasons. And I'm writing a book about found footage. So, like, I need to have seen it for, like, every reason known to man. So I finally sat down to watch it. And, uh... What are your thoughts? Uh, the note I wrote was, I 100% understand why this is technically 
Like, from a technical perspective, an incredibly important movie, but Jesus Christ. And that was, like, my big note about this movie, because I didn't really know much about it. Um, I And it was one of those things that I tried to, like, kind of stay away from, because I wanted to, you know, when I finally saw it, be shocked. And, well, I was pretty shocked by this movie. Makes a lot of sense. It really is quite intense. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's essentially the first half is a traditional narrative about a professor, I think a professor, going into the rainforest with a guide to find a missing crew of American filmmakers who went into the the South American rainforest to film a cannibalistic tribe. And what they discover is a terrifying, sexually aggressive horrible group of people who can't speak English and don't wear clothes and rape women all the time and are always naked, you know, like really great representations of um, indigenous peoples and their traditions. And uh, whilst they're doing this, they then discover the footage of these filmmakers. And the last half of the movie is, is really interesting in how they are literally watching footage that they found in the rainforest and assembling it to create some like big crazy thing and then they at the end of it they're like uh oh maybe we shouldn't release this it's just like an hour and a half of depravity you know what i like have you seen this terry mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah it's oh, yeah. just like i was watching okay i watched this in bed which was like really dumb but whatever and i was like turning my computer away from steve because so i was like i don't want him to like think less of me for watching this like right now like this is like a lot i was like i it's a lot for me to be watching this, especially uh, the turtle scene. <laughs> I had heard about the turtle scene. Yeah. And okay. The cursed films episode on shutter. That was something I was going to watch for research too. Cause I was curious about like learning about the whole context of like, he got arrested. Regero got arrested, arrested. Yeah. Cause they thought the story is so interesting. Around it is. This movie. And then you watch the movie and you're like, Oh God, we made such a fucking stink about this. Like that. And I'm not trying to be a dickhead. I understand. Like, Again, this was a very important, like, piece of kind of technical genre filmmaking that introduced, like, a whole new element that then wasn't really tapped into for, like, decades until, like, we have some stuff going on, but, like, it wasn't really tapped into for a very long time. So it's really interesting to, like, see the format being born. It's just very interesting that this is where the format was born. So there's a lot of rape, like... More, I expected like gore. I did not expect, and that was what really threw me off. Was like how much sexual assault is in this movie. I was not expecting that, and I was like, "This is so dumb." <laughs> I was like, I think, "This is so." Stupid. I think it's because the. <laughs> I think because the image that most people get in their head, and the in, in the image that like I think caused a lot of the the snuff film allegations is the the woman impaled yeah. on the, the spike. And so I think a lot of, a lot of the focus of people like talking about the film is on that sequence or the, uh, the real animal Ugh, murders that yeah, happen in the film, which is also why it was banned in a lot of countries is because of that. And so I think a lot of the conversation is about that and misses the fact that yes, there is a lot of sexual assault. It's just movie. like such a, if it hadn't had this, like, reputation for the found footage element, I don't know if I really would have watched it. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like another Italian exploitation movie that is like, look, violence, and people will watch any violence. And I'm like, 
Yeah, right. You're just using that as an excuse to show people, women with their tits out getting brutalized by men. And, like, you also... And, like, I, I know that this was made in the 70s, but really, really not good indigenous representation in that movie. Again, again, I know that that is a very basic thing to say, but it just... Wow-wee. Good lord. I mean, I'm glad... I, I am glad I watched it. I'm glad I finally watched it. I think it was it, it was a really important thing for me to watch and i think i like definitely exactly. understand like it helped me actually make a lot of connections for my introduction of my book that i was like oh my god all of a sudden like the puzzle pieces are finally kind of clicking together about the evolution of found footage going from like camera crews because they're the ones that are the most likely to have cameras to the individual post 9 11 and i just thought that it's just like a very interesting kind of thing to track so very glad I watched it. Definitely not a movie I think I'll ever be seeking out to watch in full again for several reasons, Same. but an important piece of horror history, I suppose. I kind of wish well, it wasn't, I, I do but think... it is, so we kind of have to just yeah see, and look at and I mean, interrogate that about why it's, yeah, yeah. It is, I do think it is an important piece of, of horror cinema. Yeah. Um, it's not one that I ever will, like you, watch again. I saw it once and was like, oh, this is, I get it, but also I never want to see it again. But also, I don't think this genre of, of movies, or subgenre, I should say, of, of film is of interest to me. And Tw Twitch brings up in the chat, Green Inferno didn't help with, like, indigenous representation either. And yes, but, like, those kind of cannibal films of, like, Cannibal Faroe, Cannibal Holocaust, I'm trying to remember all of them. Like, they're just, they're not my cup of tea and it's not something that I'm going to actively ever seek out again. Am I glad that I saw Hannibal Holocaust? I mean, in terms of like it being an artifact of a specific time period, yes. But at the same time, I'm with you. Not not something that it's I. It's just like I want to ever. It's see so again. funny because they go from these scenes of like obvious skeletons that were bought in a st in like a party city covered in beetles, and you're like, haha, that's funny. And then it's like. A turtle being split open and you're like christ on the cross like what the fuck <laughs> so what the hell yeah i like, think they it's just like the animal cruelty stuff too i was like i don't know like it's just a lot it's a lot it's like it's it is an over i guess an overwhelming movie because there's a lot of things being thrown at you and at one point you're like i think like, i want to laugh at some of the bodies then you see it even more and you're like oh i can't laugh at that and there's just, like, so much happening on the screen all the time in terms of, like, sights and sounds and things that you can almost taste and smell and feel. So, like, again, hey, you know what? Good for him. He created a sensory overload. At what cost? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But yeah. So I finally watched it. And I can say I've watched it now. So just check there that out. Check that out. Check that box off now, finally. I've been meaning to watch this movie for literally, literal years, and I was like... I know, I think you had brought it up to I me at one just, point. I just... I'd asked, I believe, if you had, as a found footage just, person, like, I wondered if you had seen it. <laughs> I just didn't want to watch it. I don't blame you. I was like... I don't blame yeah. you. Uh, so now I have... I'm glad you had a reason to, though. Like, you can at least, like, put it as I am... Academic, I am now more academically educated and more academically aware. Uh, good for me. Uh, 
whatever. Anyway, uh, let's end this on creepy boys named Bob. I, you know, Bob is such an old. This is so funny because one of the stars of Bystanders, his name is Bob. So I'm just laughing at this. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's very funny. (laughs) And he's like a very sweet boy. But yeah. (laughs) So we're keeping the Italian train going. And this is um, the final film in Lucio Fulci's um, Gates of Hell. Uh, This is the house by the cemetery, which has a little kid who is the epitome of creepy kids named Bob, who just has has like, I mean, I I, I hate to say that he has a creepy face because he's a kid and he's a real person, but he had a very kind of creepy face. And it doesn't help matters that, you know, a lot of the Italian films um, have been dubbed in ADR. And so his voice does not match his face. Uh. And it adds to like the kind of uncanny valley of creepiness. That just like Sorry. I share it on Twitter that or I think on Twitter of Blue Sky that I was watching this and someone responded with a photo of Bob and I was like, Yep, that is what I'm taking away from this. But I I, I want to set the scene about this movie because I it was unfortunately an ambient watch for, for Terry and I had not looked at my notes. I was like, I took notes for this. I'll be able to like remind myself what this movie is. And I'm just going to share what ambient Terry wrote down because. Oh, I'm well, so excited. This is what I wrote about this movie to help spur my memory when I was going to talk about it. The most weather bar attack I've seen. I don't know. He's like, move over Argento with your silly best. What? Dude had it on his hands, biting him, and then her takes scissors and just keeps stabbing and pissing the knife in? Blood everywhere. I, I love I don't know. Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Be poetry word wow. salad, right? I don't know what I was trying to say. I, I don't, don't know, know what you were trying to All say I either, know. honestly. <laughs> And this, and literally, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about House by the Cemetery. I took notes while I was watching it. I'm going to look at my notes right before recording. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? What the absolute fuck? And some of that is because I was doing swipe controls on my on my phone as I was, like, taking notes. So some of it, like, is just because... I, I'm going to give you maybe 10% enemy. of that. I'm going to give the other 90 to the ambient, okay. I think is the, is what I'm going to do there. Yeah. Uh, because you would have noticed yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. Ambient Terry Slum said, I don't care where I'm going. It's just a good journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That so, would be so good. What? Somebody write a short where it's Terry on Ambien thinking it's a movie, but there's actually a murder taking place. Oh my god. I do love that. No one steal that idea, because I want to write that. Oh my god, that is that is that is actually quite brilliant. Oh my god. Um I'm putting that tuck away. That, in my tuck that back into the folds but, um, of your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I need to finish my alien or my Need to finish. No, okay. I'll, cause, I'll I need cut to finish that out. My script. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> so, the house by the cemetery is about a house by a cemetery. What? Um, <laughs> where <laughs> I know, where a an evil doctor whose <laughs> last name, and this is why, this is why I love Italians, Italian horror directors. The doctor's name 
is Freudstein. Not Frankenstein, but Freudstein. You know what? Respect. You know, like, respect. respect. Italian horror <laughs> said subtlety. Who is she? Nah. And the, the the film opens with a, a young girl in this abandoned house, a young woman, I should say, in this abandoned house, and she is looking for her boyfriend. I believe this might be where my initial note was about. And he like, she's calling for him, and then she gets, she sees him stabbed with um, a knife, and then or scissors, and then she gets stabbed in the head and gets dragged off screen. And then it cuts to New York, where Bob. And his parents are packing to move into said house that apparently his dad, who is studying old houses, is um, is following in the in the footsteps of his of like a co-worker that used to live in the house. And then I think murdered someone and killed himself or something. I don't 100 percent remember, but <laughs> OK, yeah, sure. <laughs> In New York, while they are while they are um, they are packing, uh, Bob sees um, a photograph of the house and sees a little girl standing in the window, like in terror, kind of waving hit waving at him and telling him in his head to not come to this house, warning him. Very Shining esque with Bob, except creepy. Um, and so I'm sorry. He's, he's trying to. <laughs> Did you not think Danny Torrance was a fucking creepy child? Is Bob creepier than Danny Torrance? Yes. Continue. I'm going to yes. look up what this boy looks like while you speak. You, you need to look up. You need to look up this kid and then imagine a high-pitched voice that is definitely not belonging to Oh, he, Ew, is. he looks like my fucking terrible ex-boyfriend as a child. Ew, <laughs> he looks like... Oh, that is disturbing. And I hate saying this about a kid because he's just a little oh, kid. Oh, I know. It's, it's not. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Played by a woman named Giovanni and... Fraser. Could not be more fucking Italian if you tried. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> and anyway, they get to the house and then murders start happening. Oh. And um, eventually find out that weird things happening in the house zombies this is not as good as um as fulci's other two gates of hell films it's not the beyond which i think is perfection and it's not um city living dead which i find to be so surreal this one is weird it has some like very odd pacing issues um so not my favorite but um ambient terry apparently really dug it but i don't think ambient terry really knew what he was writing about I love that, though. So. I did briefly listen to a clip of his voice, and yeah, that's very strange. Don't like it. Too too much. Yeah, it, like, it just it just does not match. Uh-huh. It does not Don't match. Don't love that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay, so which one was your favorite? Uh, the Beyond. Okay. The Beyond, I think, is is, is Fulci at his, at his mm-hmm. best for the ones of his films that I've yeah. seen. Um, I think City of the Living Dead does some really good prep work into it and i really like some of the surreal imagery in it but the beyond is just it's just so good yeah the city of the living minus the tarantula scene the city of the living dead is the one you said that was really gross right the city of the living dead is the one in which i was trying to eat cheese yeah that's right you couldn't yeah low in 
hunt like 20 something pounds of maggots, which again, maggots don't weigh much. That is a lot of fucking maggots. So it was gross. That movie was disgusting. Disgusting. And this one just kind of pales in, in comparison to mm. the other two. So okay. a little disappointed that this was like the, the final, you know, go out for, but we got the beyond because of it. And chef's kiss. Cool. I need Just to rewatch the Beyond. I have both. I actually have really both of these movies, uh, the ones that aren't the Beyond, on my list for like my twenty twenty four bucket list movie. So I think I might want to do like a triple feature. I recommend them. I do recommend them, but um. Just know that the Beyond is, yeah, is going to be fine. the best one from my perspective. Um, listeners, I'll put my letter that lit my let my. 2024 letterbox bucket list in the no- show notes if you're interested in following along. Please, I want to take a look <clears> at it. If what I'm watching, a lot of weird shit. Shocking, I know. Um, I am so surprised by this. Visitor Q? Oh boy, finally gonna watch that. Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> have you heard of that? I have, yes. I, I've never seen it, but I have heard of it. Yeah. Weirdly horny, probably. So we'll see. Uh, anyway. On that, yep. on that note, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> who are we talking to on Monday? We are chatting with Adam Caesar, the author of the many books, but more recently and probably most famously the Clown in a Cornfield um, series of books with the third one coming out later this year. He also was um, the writer of last night at terrace lanes which is currently co-writer of last night at terrace lanes which is currently out on vod i executive i executive produced that movie full disclosure (laughs) and we didn't have a whole lot of time to chat with him i think we're going to try to get him back because you'll find out when you listen to the movie or listen to the episode, but there was a little bit of technical snafu in trying to get the movie that initially he wanted. So um, I think we're going to have him hopefully back later this year when maybe clown the cornfield three comes back, comes out, who knows? Um, But we, he brought with him the dentist. You want to talk about CD weird movies. We chatted about the dentist. It was very weird. But it's a fun conversation, but it's a fucking weird movie. It was a great it's conversation. Weird movie. Uh, so get prepared for that. Um, all right, listeners, well, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch something that we watched this week and have thoughts? Is there something that we should be covering? Uh, if you look up my letterboxed list, is there some a glaring missing thing I really need to watch this year? Send us an email at scarfforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on social media. Uh, on Twitter, I am at MB McAndrews, and on Instagram, I I am at MB dot McAndrews. And I'm at Gaily Dreadful everywhere. And I want to throw out that if there are some um, underseen giallo that you think I need to watch, please throw it my direction. Yeah, uh, and of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on social media. We are at Scarred Podcast on Twitter and Blue Sky, and at Scarred for Life Podcast on Instagram. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And if you want to join wonderful people in watching this live, you can help support us by joining us on Patreon. Please. Anyway, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. 
And until next time.